Welcome back, Warriors. I'm Amy. And I'm Eden. So before we introduce our two lovely guests today, I just want to recap an event that I went to Tuesday, the Tuesday that just passed, and it was called Growing with Freedom. Ooh. So the Freedom Club here on campus that catered towards undocumented students was doing a little fundraising event where they were selling succulents and you know me and plants. <laughs> I can't have enough of them. You go to events for the succulents and plants yes. I've noticed. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. You really do. And they were selling them at reasonable prices, um, succulents as well as cute little pots. So I was able to talk to Delcy, who is the treasurer of Freedom, Alondra, who is the public relations person of Freedom, and Vanessa, who is the secretary of Freedom. They were all very lovely girls. A few of them live at Mead, and they were able to fill me in more about their club. So uh, yes, Freedom does cater towards undocumented students, but they also allow anyone and everyone to join who would love to support undocumented students as well. It's really a safe space where they can share their experiences, find internship opportunities, and also spread awareness about what's going on, any laws that are being passed, and overall just a safe community. I wanted to join, but unfortunately the times don't work for me. Currently they're meeting every Wednesday at 2, but they do plan on changing their time and date next semester. Well, that's fantastic, Amy. I can't mm-hmm. wait to listen to your little interview. <laughs> Thank you. So, can I get some names going from left to right? My name is Delcy, and I'm the treasurer of Freedom. Awesome. My name's Alondra, and I'm the PR of Freedom. Okay. I'm Vanessa, and I'm the secretary of Freedom. Very nice. So, what are you guys doing today? We're just doing a fundraiser for our club to prepare for um, next year's events. So we're doing a succulent fundraiser. What's your club all about? It's more for undocumented people and it's just help uh, spread awareness, like whatever's going on, if anything applies to us, like internships, opportunities. We just like to talk about like what we have gone through and our hardships of life. I love that. Wait, when do you guys meet? We meet Wednesdays at 2. For this semester, but next semester we're planning on changing the date so that we can have more people. Date and time. Well, that was a fantastic interview, Amy. I really enjoyed it. But now I have to introduce you to some very wonderful people that I'm so glad to work with. (laughs) Angela Bazin and Blaine Fisher. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Of course. Mm Now, can you just fill us in on what your respective positions are in housing? Sure. I am the director of housing. I just became the director in July, but I've worked at Eastern in the housing office since 1999. And I did have a previous stint as a director for three years from 2009 to 2012. Wow. Housing expert. (laughs) And I'm Blaine. I'm the Associate Director for Housing Operations. I have a long history with Eastern. I am an alum. Um, I'm also known as the Eastern Boomerang, where I did my stint here as an undergrad. I left for experiences elsewhere, came back as a hall director for about five and a half years, then left to experience another institution. And then once this opportunity came back to come back to campus and come back home, Absolutely jumped on it. I'm a warrior through and through. So this is position. Yeah, so I take care of uh, mostly housing assignments, liaisonship with uh, facilities management, things that happen a lot behind the scenes within the department. 
We get lots of emails from both of you, especially you more recently. <laughs> That's right. I need to yes. put it out there. I'm so sorry for all the emails, folks. But I <laughs> hope you enjoy them. I hope they're informative and helpful. But of they course, are. definitely read them. Although I'm an RA, I just want you to know I do read each and every email thoroughly. Thank you. Of course, of course. I appreciate that. I feel validated now. <laughs> so going along with all these emails that you've been sending, why is the housing selection process so important? So the on first of all, the on-campus living experience is critical, I think, for students. You have a short time in your life to be able to have an experience that is so unique within your entire lifespan, I would say, by living on campus as opposed to living off campus. This is a chance for you to be able to connect with your peers, to build either micro or macro communities within your areas, um, and engaging in opportunities that are unique to living on campus. Um, that is an experience I don't think that students should really consider passing up. I understand that there are some factors that students might be influenced to live off campus or to change that up for them, but the selection process in and of itself is the gateway, I would say, for students to have access to these experiences into living on campus. This is how we offer autonomy to students to be able to have a say in where it is that they live on campus for the upcoming year. This is where students build the foundation for the living experiences by completing the steps like submitting your application, completing your deposit, then by matching with roommates, and ultimately then choosing your space for next year. You have more of a say in that process in your upper level years than, of course, your first year. With this then, students, they gain uh, different skills that you don't typically learn inside the classroom that you're going to carry with you throughout the, the rest of your life after your time here at Eastern. So things like reviewing and understanding the housing contract is critical. Any type of a living experience that you have off campus involves an agreement, a contract, a lease, something like that that you have to review and understand. So we put that as part of our process. And then also screening roommates. You want to make sure that you are indeed compatible with the folks that you share a space with. And then just continuing on to build that community within your housing assignment and outwards from it. So that's where housing selection is really important. We build all of those skills, all of those experiences into one process. And we try to break it down into bite-sized, digestible pieces. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm a first year student <laughs> and I'm currently going through the process of applying for, you know, next year's housing. And I do have roommates in mind, but could you tell me more about the screening process? Is that only for people who don't know each other or even people who like slightly do and just decided to room together? I would recommend that you really should have open and honest uh, communication and conversations. Mm -hmm. Like if you're looking to live with your best friend, you should still talk about are you actually compatible to live with one another? Because being a best friend and going out and doing things together is very different than sharing a space that you live in. Mm -hmm. So having that honest and frank conversation with each other. Things as simple as when do you typically go to sleep? When do you wake up? When do you want to bring in guests into the room? Those are all little things that have actually big impacts on the living experiences within your roommate group. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you are indeed compatible before you go into that roommate relationship, I think it's critical, whether it is your best friend, you think you know inside and out, trust me, you don't until you live with them. <laughs> All the way to, say, if you just have a classmate or somebody that's part of your club or organization, a teammate, things like that. On the surface, it might seem like a really good idea. It might feel comfortable at first to just say, hey, let's live together. But having that conversation, doing like an informal screening, I think is going to be really important as we're going into the roommate matching phase, which happens next week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is so important that you bring that up. And as an RA, you know, I've seen roommate conflicts where it's best friends going into housing together. And then they're like, what happened? Like, yep. I mm -hmm. thought we were going to do so well. And it's like, well, first of all, you got to have that conversation. Because one of you might be an athlete that doesn't get back till 11 o'clock at night, but the other person might be someone that goes to bed at eight. And your exactly. schedules just don't go align. 
But what I always tell my residents is the roommate expectation form. People brush it off, say, oh, we don't need that. We just agree on these things. Mm -hmm. But really, once you sit down and you do it together and you really go through and see like, hey, maybe our schedules don't match or I'm messy and you're like a neat freak. Like this just isn't going to work. So that is so important. I'm glad you asked that question. To to build on that too, another question I think is really important to ask one another is, what does it look like when I'm upset about something? How do I communicate with with folks when I'm upset about something? Am I a rage texter or am I someone that bottles it up and I wait till I explode? Having that honesty there is super critical. And yes, the roommate expectation form, don't just go through it and say, agree, agree, agree. No, talk about the nitty gritty because the nitty gritty will come up later on down the road. We're looking at ways to enhance that process too. The majority of our students that pick roommates are picking people they already know, whereas we just went through a software upgrade. So we're looking to use the software to our best ability. And there's an advanced roommate matching feature in there where hopefully students will take it upon themselves to create a profile. So it's more than just I'm a smoker and a non-smoker. I like to go to bed early. You like to go to bed late. You know, we can ask about majors and and hobbies and things like that so that when students are looking for someone who may not have a a friend group that they want to live with, they can search by, okay, I'm a bio major. I'd really like to live with someone in biology. And then the system can, you know, connect them. So in the future, we look to be a lot more, to have a lot more enhancements for roommate matching, both for incoming new students and for our current students. That's amazing. That's some fancy technology. (laughs) Wow. Mm -hmm. The My Housing Portal is not something to be afraid of. I I really encourage folks to dive into Mm -hmm. it, click around and find out. That's what I like to say. Click around and find out. (laughs) Yeah, you can't can't break it. Oh, good. (laughs) Now, I think we previously touched on priority points. What do you believe is the major reason as to, you know, why students should go to events and gain those priority points? So I think if you ask students that question, they're going to say, the more events I go to, the better my pick time, which is true, and that's how we, how we promote it too. But the bigger benefits are campus engagement, right? You're going to go to RA programs, you're going to get involved with student clubs, you're going to attend Warrior Cup events and other events that, yes, you'll earn points with, those, with attendance at those events, but you're going to get social interaction with your peers. Everything we do in housing, we try to do so that we're creating a a group of students that are engaged with the community and certainly more so engaged within the residence halls. That certainly helps a university with retention. You know, working at Eastern, it's all of our jobs to help with retention. And a student, if they're connected to their peers or to their RAs, to their hall directors, to student activities, whatever they get involved in, the odds are, the, are better that we'll retain them. And that really is the ultimate goal is to help students progress, you know, make it four years and graduate on time. So yes, you get a better pick time if you go to more RHA programs and you rock and in a student club, but you're really expanding your horizons and you're learning about people who are different than you if you're attending Unity Wing events or, or RA educational programs that are focused on diversity and inclusion. So you get the benefit of an earlier pick time, the more things you go to. But I feel like the, the bigger gift you're giving yourself by going to those is connecting yourself to your peers and to mentors and faculty and staff on campus who are really here to try to make sure that your experience is what the university wants it to be for students. Mm. That's fantastic. And I'm really glad that you touched on student engagement and all the different skills you learn. Quick shout out to Paul Serenice. I know he was supposed to come on the show a couple weeks ago, but unfortunately he is out. And of course we wish him well. 
But it's so important because my residents will tell me, you know, I just, I want, I got to get these points. I got to go. I got to go to all these events. And I'm like, well, don't just go for the points. Obviously that is a nice plus, but going and meeting people, Mm -hmm. we recapped going to an event. Yes. And, and you also came to another one of my programs too. And just, I did. But I mean, you saw people coming in and going, even if they were passing to go to class, like we were all just chatting and catching up. So Mm -hmm. it really is important to go to events for all of the above reasons. So for my next question to kind of talk about housing selection a bit more for students that don't know. Now, what halls are for first years and which halls are for upper level students? So for the upper level areas, uh, the ones that are on sleep for housing selection, we have Occam and Neadlik Hall over in north side of campus. And then on the south side of campus, we have Nutmeg and Laurel Halls, Low Rise and High Rise, and then Schaefer Hall. And coming back online for next what? year <laughs> is really? Noble Hall. Yes, yes. Oh. So Noble Hall is coming back online for next year. Oh, man. Where there are some major upgrades happening in that area right now. Mm. Uh, so I know most of our student pop- uh, population currently, if not all of them, have not had a peek into Noble Hall. But there are new... Help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Noble Hall is getting all new cabinets and sinks in the kitchen areas. The old carpet that was in the hallways within the apartments and in the living room in the apartments is being replaced with a rubberized VCT tile that will stand up better. Um, New shower stalls, new vanity sinks in the the vanity area. Yeah, That's it. So it's going to look wonderful. Also with Noble Hall is that it at one time was double style living, so two people sharing a bedroom. It is moving into a single situation. So similar to that that you find in in Nutmeg, Laurel, or High Rise, Low Rise, it's moving into towards that direction right now as well. But still doubles. So not not all of it will be singles. That's super cool. Listen to all these fancy like upgrades. <laughs> it is. Cool. So then to recap then for your first year areas mm-hmm. that will remain as such are Constitution Hall, Burr Hall, Winthrop Hall, Burnup and Crandall. So and those Mead. Okay. And Mead, excuse me. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Amy's hurt. She lives in Mead. Can't believe we got well, to I was the hall director in Mead. Yeah. Five and a half. Really? Four years, oh my four gosh. Years. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's was there funny. for five years. Yeah. It was a oh, good wow. experience. I love that building. Oh. I love all of the buildings, but yes, I love Mead. Of course. <laughs> and I love Noble. <laughs> now, for halls specifically, are there any that cater towards transfer students? For the past several years, Occam Hall, the first two floors, have been reserved solely for transfer oh. students. This year, for the fall, we are giving transfers about 60 beds in Noble Hall. Um, those are double beds as okay. well. But it gives transfer students now an option of Noble with no meal plan requirement or mm-hmm. the first two floors of Occam, which does have a meal plan requirement because there are okay. no kitchens. So mm-hmm. before this year, it was just Occam. And then if we have incoming transfer students who maybe are only bringing in with three credits and they really want the first year experience, then so long as there are spaces in the first year halls, we will move a transfer to a first year hall. So long as, again, they have mm-hmm. typically less than 12 credits coming in and they're not close to being 21. In those cases, we'll move students to a first year hall if they ask for that, if they're only bringing in okay. a few credits. I didn't know that. So can they suggest a hall that they're looking for? Say a transfer student would want to live in Mead. They can do so? Well, they can. They can write anything mm-hmm. on their application, but okay. we will only assign them to Occam or Noble. So if I somebody see. puts Burnap as a first choice, they're going to automatically be assigned to one of the two transfer areas, mm-hmm. but they can always reach out to Blaine after that okay. if they want to try to move to a first-year area to be reassigned. Well, Burnap's okay. a great choice, so I personally <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> which is going to go to my next question here. So my first year I lived in Crandall. COVID hit, and then I commuted for a minute. 
And I like commuting, but at the same time, it's a 40 minute drive for me. So I was like, no, I'm all set. So I moved back to Occam in the middle of the year. And then now as a senior, I'm doing the Eastern and three plan. I'm not bad at math, I promise. So, and now I'm in burnout. So I'm back in traditional for my senior year. And I personally have to say, I prefer traditional, which is going to sound crazy. It's more of a community feel. Like I get up in the morning and like go to the bathroom and I see my residents and we all have a conversation. You know, just Mm -hmm. the little things like that is something that I personally appreciate. So what are the different types of housing and which do you prefer? So we offer three main types, the traditional style, like you just talked about. And then we also have suite style and apartment style. So suite style is where you have your in-suite bathroom, shower, uh, so like the Constitution or the Mead Hall. Big difference between those two is that living room area, that Mead Hall features rather than Constitution. And then apartment style, which has all of those features, but it's also an uh, in-apartment kitchen. Uh, so those are the three main styles. And really, you hit it on the, the nail on the head right there about the type of community that you're looking for. So students that are looking for more of that macro community, that widespread building community where you are sharing amenities, you're sharing features of the building. So you have a lot of that face-to-face interaction. That's where, as a first-year student, the traditional area is more for you, I would say. Students that are looking for having more roommates, having more of that kind of a, a of experience, that's where the suite style, the apartment style might be for them. Now, something to note, too, is that for traditional style, that is ex- uh, exclusively offered to our first-year populations. We don't have a traditional style building that is offered to upper level. So upper level students, you're looking at either suite style in the call or apartment style in our other areas. And I would say, I would agree, um, I love when parents ask me my opinion mm-hmm. at whether it's admitted student day or the fall open house or they're just calling the housing office. Traditional residence halls for first-year students, I think, I wish, honestly, all of our first-year residence halls were traditional mm-hmm. um, because, like you said, you're, you're more of a community because you are forced to run into people in the lounge if you want to hang out and watch TV or if you're going to brush your teeth or, or whatever. Whereas in some of the suite-style buildings, especially if you're more introverted, it's harder to to meet people. So you may know the suites on each side of you and maybe across the hall, but unless you're willing to really put yourself out there, which is clearly hard to do for introverts, I know, um, (laughs) it's hard to meet people. So I I always share that traditional style buildings are, are the best. And I Every now and then, you'll get a student who was assigned to a Burnapper Crandall because Mead or Constitution was filled in, in past years. And, you know, you'd get complaints, and I'm give it a chance, you're going to love it. And then I've gotten a couple emails from students at the end of their spring semester who were stuck, as they think, in Burnapper Crandall. And they sent me an email, and they're like, you were right. It was such a better experience, and my first year was so much better because now I know 80 people, whereas I may not have known that many in, in a suite style building. So mm. I always think traditional style buildings for first year students are the way to go. If my children were to come here for college, I would certainly try to push them into the traditional style halls. Wow. It really is a big family. I mean, they call Crandall the Cran fam. That was like our <laughs> joke when I was a first year. And then now we call ourselves the Burnett Buddies because some people aren't crazy about the Bulldogs. <laughs> I'm trying to push for the Burnett Butterflies, but that's just oh me. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I think Eden and I are kind of opposites in this where mm-hmm. I never really considered Burnett or Crandall. I'm more of a private individual, mm-hmm. so I found that it would be easier for me to just like share a space with other people. Mm-hmm. Other than a roommate transfer that I had last semester, <laughs> uh, it's been going well. It really has, and I happen to have... Uh, three girls in my dorm so even though mead fits four i only have three so far and we've been great it's i i'm also an introvert so (laughs) i relate to you um (laughs) 
but I, I'm more of like a go with the flow kind of person and I also do go to events so there are other ways to sort of get around the um stressor of meeting other people if you don't want to do traditional yes. but then again you know there is that community and I I'm asking myself now what would, what would I look like or how would I be if I did do traditional for this year yeah. it, all, it all comes down to really knowing who you are Mm-hmm. But also being flexible now, going being a first year student going into upper level, your who you are as a person is in flux. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're growing. You're breaking out of like old. You're shedding old skins, mm-hmm. and you do that all the way through. Honestly, into adulthood, I think I shed a skin yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but being flexible in that, so we have so we have students that come in hard mindset that they want a sweet style experience, like Angela talked about with our our friends that sometimes they get placed elsewhere. So that having that flexibility is critical while also having a, 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 having a sense of self-awareness and who you are going into all these experiences is, is absolutely critical in that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. That was very beautiful. Now, I know we've been talking about some favorites. I think you guys prefer a few halls. But <laughs> if you were able to live in one of the halls on campus, mm. which ones would they be? So, I know the answer to this. <laughs> As a first-year student, I would pick Burr. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Oh. Now, I was the hall director in Burr for the first two years I worked here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that plays in a little, but Burr double bedrooms are the biggest double bedrooms on campus, so there's Ooh. always that plus. But the building has so much history and character that it's – I just love it. I, I think it's a great atmosphere, especially now that there's the basement with a, a few computers and exercise room, even though it's not an air conditioned building, there there is some air conditioning in the basement. But I think it's got so much character, and again, the rooms are big, and that's always important <laughs> when you want to live somewhere. Especially <laughs> if you know, I never had my own room until I think my senior year in college when I was an RA. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I would pick Burr hands down for my first year and upperclassmen. So I would pick Noble Hall. And I think for a lot of the same reasons, Noble Hall used to be a elementary school. So it was converted way back in, I think 92 is when it opened as a residence hall. But there's just so much with the architecture and the inside feel of Noble. And it it Mm. typically has been a a more quiet building for upperclassmen students where you have several years, like there aren't a lot of major incidents that have occurred down there. So it's typically a quieter crowd in Noble. So yeah, I mean, it comes down to me for the the, kind of the history of the buildings and just what it looks like. It doesn't look like the traditional, you know, Burnap and Crandall residence hall dormitory style living Mm. of yesteryear. Get out of my head, (laughs) Angela, because look at my notes. I said I want to live in Burnap and Noble. But <laughs> no way. So um, my first year back in 2005, gather around the Snapchat children. I'm an elder millennial. Um, <laughs> no, um, back, back in the day in 2005, I was a freshman living in Constitution Hall, go second floor. And then I was an RA in the same building, go third floor. Um, <laughs> but today, I think if I had to make the decision very similar to Angela's experience and answer here is I would also look into living in Burr. Um, same thing, the rich history that that building has. It has a lot of interesting stories of the past. I've um, heard. I've oh, okay. Heard yeah. <laughs> I saw a documentary on it. It's not really? true. Oh, yeah. I, I, see, this is where Angela and I differ. Um, so no, because it's funny. When I first came back to Eastern, also as a hall director, I was the hall director of Burr. Okay. Um, and having experienced it at a hall director level and seeing what the students were able to create in that community was so awesome and gratifying to be a part of. So Burr Hall, absolutely. Even dealing with then the spooky stories that come out of that <laughs> hall. Then as an upperclassman, I did live in. Nutmeg. I was an RA in Nutmeg, and then I shifted over to Mead Hall as an RA for my last year. Um, but today, also, I would say Noble. 
I just it's a, it's an area that I haven't experienced, and it's one of those where I would love to see what it would be like to live down at the bottom of the hill, <laughs> hiking up to class each day, <laughs> and seeing what kind of community that could be built in that area as well. It's mm. very thoughtful answers. Thank you. That was a high five. <laughs> I love the high five. That was cute. <laughs> so Angela, we be no. roommates. roommates. Uh oh, that would. Well, you better do your roommate form and have that, those conversations. Sorry, but um, <laughs> what time in the morning do you wake up? No. <laughs> if I could. <laughs> <Same> girl. <laughs> so maybe this might work out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So this is great. Mm-hmm. So last but not least, I'm giving you an opportunity to promote your emails here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any upcoming deadlines or important information regarding the housing selection process that you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure. So this past Monday, uh, we shared out the priority points. So the final count, what you've earned thus far this year. So this is the week to audit those. If anything looks funky on there, Um, You think that you earned more points in an area uh, that we didn't put on your profile. This is your chance to audit that. Auditing for priority points ends this Friday, April 8th. After that, priority points are locked in. We're not going to be able to make changes after that because we're plugging this into our system that then is going to generate pick times. Uh, On April 12th, next week, that's when roommate matching opens on the My Housing portal. That's where then your your pick numbers are going to be posted as well. So that's where you're going to be able to go in, search for those roommates, whether you know them or you have that criteria that you'd like to look for someone new. Go ahead on into the My Housing Portal starting on April 12th to then match with your roommates. Information about how to do that has been sent as part of the Priority Point email that went out this past Monday. But we have virtual sessions going on too that I will walk you then through the steps, how to search for someone, how to match with them, making sure you're good to go. Then the week following... On April 19th, that is when folks that have signed up for the 21 plus community, those folks will be able to sign up for their housing assignment for next year. And then between April 20th and the 22nd, at or after your pick time on on any of those dates, that's where you and your roommate group will be able to go into the system and select your housing for next year. And then after that, you are locked in. (laughs) We are good. Woohoo! That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you both so much for coming on the show. It's so wonderful to see you. And, of course, be able to see your faces as well. This is so wonderful. Getting to see my residents' faces and be like, not going to, oh, please put your mask on in the residence hall. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can see your face. So Right. And you walk down the hallway and you feel like you're missing something. Mm -hmm. And then you realize you don't have to have the mask on. So Yeah. Absolutely. Always reaching for that. Yeah. (laughs) I keep pulling my invisible mask up over my nose, which I keep doing these days. So yes thank you for having us thank you Anytime. so much I really really enjoyed this time here thank you you're doing great things oh stop <laughs> right back at you so if you want to keep up with all things housing they're on instagram at eastern housing and they're also on facebook and of course keep checking your email i it always makes my day when i see a little email from housing but again i want to thank you both so much for coming on this week's episode of the what's up warriors podcast you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the What's Up Warriors podcast. We're on every platform that I at least can think of. Yes. Spotify, <laughs> Apple, Stitcher, Beaker. And if we are not, yeah. please let us know. Oh, yeah. Totally just let us know. <laughs> Get in our DMs. And, <laughs> and we'll make sure that we're there. We're pretty good yes. about it. But other than that, so I'm Amy. What? Whoa. <laughs> I'm a single. You're not. I'm Eden. <laughs> okay. Totally haven't had my coffee. My identity. <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families suffer every year. (laughs) I'm Eden. And I'm Amy. And this has been What's What's Up, Warriors? Warriors?